lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. 888-933-93 is the number. If you'd like to join us too, that's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, you can always find clips of this show to sample and share at youtube.com slash stevedace. That's youtube.com slash stevedace. We have... Uh, we got a jam-packed show here, as we typically do on Tuesdays. We have fake news are not coming your way. We've also uh, got, uh, and I hope this will be an interesting conversation in Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And we're going to talk about a new documentary that is out there on Amazon Prime, narrated by Jeremy Piven, an actor that has some acclaim. And it's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And the timing of this to coincide with the Pentagon a week ago confirming that UFOs are for real is serendipitous. So we will discuss, we've each seen this documentary. And I I cannot wait until we have this conversation at the very end of the show. We have said almost nothing about it to one another, right? Correct. I can think of? Okay. So we're, we're going to discuss it here at the uh, in the final segment of the program. Uh, also, uh, my good friend Congressman Chip Roy will be joining us at, at the bottom of this hour to talk about uh, letting the U.S. open again, let America open again. Before we get to all of that, though, a quick PSA, because I just remembered this myself again yesterday. Had to quick text the wife, hey, did we take care of it? Folks, Mother's Day is coming up, all right? And I know roses are red, social distancing makes us blue, but if you can't be with mom this Mother's Day, Books has you covered. That's short for bouquets, and these are flowers that are responsibly sourced. Some of them even come from farms on the side of volcanoes, so that means they stay fresher longer. And did you know flowers and plants can also reduce stress and boost productivity, which we could all use. Uh, given what's going on in the world right now. So if you want to take advantage of those gift bundles for all of the moms in your life, your mom, soon-to-be mom, your wife, grandmother, uh, maybe yourself if you're a mom, uh, books.com slash Steve. That's B-O-U-Q-S, books.com slash Steve. You'll get 25% off your entire order at books.com slash Steve. And now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were locked down. What happened while we were locked down brought to you by Blue States Want Freedom 2. News helicopter footage caught hundreds of protesters packed in front of the Massachusetts State House in Boston, voicing their displeasure with their state's continued lockdowns. Republican Governor Charlie Baker's stay-at-home order is scheduled to last until May 18th. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom announced yesterday he's planning on reopening some businesses by Friday. Some clothing stores, florists, bookstores, and sporting goods stores will be allowed to reopen while offices, dine-in restaurants, and shopping malls will continue to be closed. Some portions of the state will be able to reopen before others. Meanwhile, in New York City, that's video of what Police Commissioner Dermot Shea said started as enforcement of social distancing. For those of you listening, what we're watching is a thuggish cop starting to beat a bystander in the back of the head. Oh, 
He ain't even do nothing. Joe Biden, your thoughts. So workers don't have to leave work to to get uh, uh, to be fired in order uh, when they get sick to be able to continue to live. Franklin Graham Samaritan's Purse is packing up their emergency medical service and leaving New York City. This comes after waves of protests by anti-Christian LGBTQ groups in New York City. Councilman Corey Johnson calling for the group to be expelled from the city due to their views on marriage. Israeli Defense Minister Naftali Bennett said on Monday researchers in his country have developed a breakthrough in a treatment for the Wuhan coronavirus. A story from the Times of Israel says the treatment is an antibody that attacks the virus and can neutralize it within the bodies of those already affected. An update on the models, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, that's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation model, released a new picture of what they predict for the United States now that restrictions are starting to ease. Their new prediction calls for around 134,000 deaths in the U.S. by August 1st. Previous models showed anywhere from, you know what, who cares? The Imperial College model predicted Sweden would be facing 40,000 deaths by May 1st and 100,000 by June. Sweden's current number of deaths attributed to COVID-19 now sits at 2,680. And now this, late last week, Newsweek published an expose detailing Dr. Anthony Fauci's connections with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The story tells of his funneling of millions upon millions of U.S. tax dollars to the lab to support their research into a controversial type of study of viruses, including bat coronaviruses, through something called gain-of-function research. That type of research, as the story notes, is controversial due to its dangerous nature in manipulating viruses in a lab and the threat of starting a pandemic like the one we're in due to accidental release. The National Institutes for Health canceled its funding to the Wuhan lab on Friday, April 24th of this year. And now in completely unrelated news, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said this over the weekend. I can tell you that there is a significant amount of evidence that this came from that laboratory in Wuhan. Look, the best experts so far seem to think it was man-made. I have no reason to disbelieve that at this point. Politico tweets, Trump is getting roasted on Chinese Twitter for his virus response, highlighting a broad verdict there. America disastrously faltered while China outperformed. And finally, Alex Jones will eat you. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out. And I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff. But I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. And you know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Tommy John. You know, working from home used to be the fantasy of every professional. Turns out it's really not as comfortable as we had thought. Unless you're wearing Tommy John, they've got something for everyone, no matter how or what your working from home situation is. From super soft and breathable underwear, for answering emails in bed to loungewear, for when you're running to get takeout, Tommy John is here to keep you comfortable. Went into Noah's room. He's doing distance learning at Des Moines Christian. And he's laying down in bed taking his class and I wanted, I wanted to dunk on him bad, you know, do the dad thing. The problem is he's like raised his GPA like two tenths of a point, you know, from like a a 3.1 to like a 3.3 since he's been at home. And it actually seems to be working that he's, uh, that he's sitting around being more comfortable again. So are you noticing that with your kids? What improved grades? Yeah. 
No. My 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 son seems to be getting uh, becoming a better student the lazier he is. No. That's, I'm not I'm not happy no. about that. I don't. Uh, but that's a, that, that's maybe a maybe separate. a dude. I have four daughters. There might be dude stuff going on. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, anyway, Tommy John. They're all about comfort. Uh, treat yourself and upgrade to a few pairs of Tommy John underwear in the softest, most breathable fabrics that you've ever worn. The best endorsement I can give a product is. We usually get to sample these things for free before we tell you about them. I did with Tommy John, and I like this product so much, I bought even more of it. All right, so when they give it to you for free, and you're like, hey, that's so good, I'm going to buy more, that's the best endorsement I can give, all right? So Tommy John's got all kinds of cool stuff for women as well, and you can order today uh, to ensure delivery by Mother's Day, all right? Hurry up, go to tommyjohn.com slash Steve, get 25% off of your first order, tommyjohn.com slash Steve, that's tommyjohn.com slash Steve for 25% off your first order. We're going to discuss Secretary Pompeo's comments that Aaron just aired there in the montage. We're going to discuss those coming up later today uh, in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve, to get the most discounted subscription to Blaze TV we've ever had. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. If you're already a subscriber, it will be posted there for you later today. But those are some extraordinary com- uh, comments from America's chief diplomat, the Secretary of State. And... If you've watched Secretary Pompeo since he took office, he's 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 been rather measured very often. This has not been a firebrand Secretary of State by any means. He's been very measured. He's often, uh, I thought, I think, with a deft touch, come in and cleaned up some messes maybe left by the president's Twitter account or two at times um, without looking like he was coming over the top or dunking on him at the same time. So... Um, I mean, he's a former member of Congress, so you can you can see the the way he's measuring his words when he often speaks. And for him to say he has no reason to disbelieve at this point that the virus comes from a lab and was man made, that's extraordinary. And I think we need to have a conversation about let's say that turns out to be confirmed. How does that change the post pandemic world? I think I think that's a conversation we need to have. So we're going to do that coming up today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. As for the rest of Aaron's montage, what you're seeing now um, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation models, these are no longer models. They're lobbies. And they maybe always were. Who who knows? We'll we'll never know. I mean, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has uh, has its own agenda. It has done some good work around the world, but it is also a huge proponent of abortion and other uh, Malthusian ethical practices across the globe. And similar to a Samaritan's Purse. I mean, Samaritan's Purse has an agenda too. It just would happen to be one that like we would agree with. But um, they're, they're doing their good deeds over at Samaritan's Purse so that they can build goodwill in order to preach to you what they think is the good news. That's fair, right? Sure. Yeah, that's what they're doing, right? Well, they're doing the same thing at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They just have a different definition of what the good news is than the Samaritan's Purse people do, right? So I, I don't know if this was always lobbying. I suspect it probably was. But I don't think there's any doubt we're in the lobbying phase now. And I, I only go to what happened in my home state where they tried to bully our governor about a week and a half ago into not reopening and saying, hey, we're going to get a huge explosion of cases if you do. And then she went ahead and called their bluff. And then they came back and said, well, you know, you might have 300 deaths by August. 
and we never had a shelter in place. We shut everything down, but we just didn't make it that Karen could have you arrested for having people over, but we did everything else every other state did. And as I pointed out to you yesterday, on April 1st, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation model said that there would be a thousand deaths in Iowa on April 30th, and the, or 1,300 deaths in Iowa on April 30th. As of yesterday, May the 4th, the number was uh, 384, I be, or 184, I'm sorry. 184 was the number. So what's going on now? You know, I, and this is, this is, again, this is the inverse. When I, when I, when Stanford came out with that initial antibody study, and then they had the call on Friday night that, uh, that, that I was on with them. And I, I came back and I, I told you guys on Monday that it was pretty obvious to me, they want to be heard, that they, they are trying to impact public policy, right? We said yeah. that. Yeah. And they are concerned that we are taking draconian measures without, without data to, to, to justify it. That's what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is doing. They're doing the same thing. They are, they are, they are, they are lobbying. And just as you saw people at Stanford show up at Tucker Carlson, on Tucker Carlson show and on this show, right? It's clear they were trying to reach a certain audience and that, that was empowered uh, or could reach those with power at the White House, right? They were trying to go to those platforms. That's what's going on with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation right now. According to my Twitter feed, they're basically living on CNN and MSNBC here in the last 24 hours. They're also trying to reach a particular audience. So this is now lobbying is what this is. And it's also, I, I, I mean, as, as Aaron, you pointed out, I can't tell you how many different numbers and projections and everything else that they have given. So we're now... We're, we're now in the game of chicken. I thought we were going to get here about a couple of weeks ago, but we're here now in that game now. And people are, you know, uh, leaked reports from, from allegedly the CDC that the White House comes out and says this was never even approved. We have no, nobody ever considered this. Uh, I mean, assume you are being lied to. You have any thoughts on that? Oh, at the very least. And with malevolent intent mm -hmm. quite frankly uh that this most recent view of panic porn i mean it's one thing the virus is real so out of the gate even if people had uh political machinations out of the gate on this uh steve you mentioned this yesterday there's a benefit of the doubt that could be allowed by anybody of goodwill uh, now uh, honestly this there is simply puppet master stuff going on here nothing short of that i mean you want to talk go on ahead Aaron. yeah so can, can, i'm wondering if the ihme can maybe give us a model for how things are going and or how things will go in long-term care facilities you know we, we keep hearing from dr anthony fauci and we heard this over and over again for the last six six weeks models are only as good as the assumptions you put into them well now that we have lots more assumptions and a lot more data to make more accurate assumptions about how this virus behaves Shouldn't some of those assumptions be how this virus behaves in nursing home and nursing homes and long term care facilities? Mm -hmm. uh, th this broke later than I could get it into the montage. Seventeen hundred. I was just going there. You read my mind. Seventeen hundred deaths yeah. that were previously unaccounted for in New York that came out of long term care facilities. So yes, you. you I, I don't. I don't even know how to begin how to articulate that this is malevolence. If they're telling us everyone must be locked down on the same morning that 1,700 deaths previously unaccounted for from nursing homes in New York come to light, 
I, I they, there's no other word for it. They they really just don't care about anything having to do with your freedom, liberty, way of life, That's livelihood, right. anything wh- whatsoever like that. You should treat these models the same way you would uh, a, 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 a dog's deuce on the ground. Walk right around it. Look at it, be disgusted, and keep walking. That's that's all that these models are worth right now. At the, who knows if if every if they were always going to be alarmist activist on this the way Imperial College was. Although Imperial College has attempted, uh, I would call it gaslighting. They would call it adjustments. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, and as John Fun points out, there there are projections on Sweden. Just a bit outside, right? So, I mean, Sweden did not risk cultural suicide. It has seen 0.03% of its population perish because of coronavirus. We are risking it as we speak, and we have seen 0.02%. I, I don't, there's there's no gain there when you look at the larger societal cost. There's been no gain from this policy that has been pursued from the White House on down. And again, if you want to grant them, as as you pointed out, Todd, you want to grant them grace for we didn't know what we were really dealing with in March. Fine. But in April, at the very least, at le- and even if I wanted to be the most merciful by the middle of April, at the very at the, at the very least, it became clear here that this strategy was a lost leader. And what Aaron just mentioned is where I was going to go next anyway. So it was the perfect segue. Here come, here come, because we're now at the point now that you can call it dog doo-doo or treat it the way you treat climate alarmist models. That's what we're dealing with now. The models are only good if you live the way we want you to. And then if they're not good, it's because you didn't live the way we wanted you to. That's the same argument. It's the circular, it's the same circular argument frankly, with virtually every leftist cause, but especially when you get in, when they, when they get into scientism, that's always their argument. Because when we say scientism, what they're really about is either bending the laws of science to justify behavior that they want to do, or they want to force you into, or, and or, to justify the behavior they're already doing. That, that's really what scientism is. It's just self-justification. It's science is magic. I can conjure things. I can make, I don't have to abide by any natural laws. I am, I am the natural law. I mean, that's essentially what scientism is, right? And now they've set up this dynamic while lying to you the entire time. Remember, they were factoring in social distancing. I can't say this enough because I keep seeing some, now there's, they're, they're getting fewer. They're getting fewer. I am watching some people. Uh, I saw this morning some folks even. Who, have, who took to Twitter and some other outlets to essentially summarize what this show's been doing for the last two months. Welcome aboard. There's plenty of room. We need all the help we can get. Could have used it two months ago. Could have used your help before. Yeah, yeah. might have helped our economy and cost, cost fewer jobs, but better late than never. All right, so hop on board. We're fine if you, we're fine with you stealing our thunder if it means we get to go to the movies again. Know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I'd make that trade in 10 minutes, right? But there's, there's fewer and fewer blue check marks on the right still carrying Scott Gottlieb's a hacktastic baggage and the like it's dwindling by the day all right but for the for the remaining few that that still are they keep pointing out yeah, the models are wrong because we did the social distancing now, the models were factoring in the IHME model anyway was factoring in social distancing all along and that's why it punished Iowa 
so prohibitively in its models because we didn't do a shelter in place. And so it assumed you would not social distance without the coercive arm of governments or their boot to your throat. That's why it so punished Iowa. And then Iowa in the end still didn't has, isn't going to come anywhere near what they told us. It's why they also punished Sweden. No shame. They'll never be asked about it. They won't go on media platforms that would ask them about it. So this is now activism. And we heard a lot of virtue signaling in March into early April about, well, you know, saving your 401k to kill your grandparents isn't Christian. Why do you hate old people? Right? We heard we were inundated with 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 this yes, we were. elementary school level hot trash. And now we see while they're beating up people for not for lack of social distancing, while they're letting criminals out of out of jail cells, 1700 people I, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Most states in this country don't have 1,700 coronavirus deaths, folks. 1,700 of our elderly found dead in long-term facilities just now in New York, according to AP. All the time and effort we took to make sure, hey, that one chick in Dallas that wants to have her salon, root her out. That one guy that we saw with the tattoo parlor get arrested yesterday, make sure to bust his chops. Sitting on a beach, run that guy down. All the time, and, and isn't this always what government does? Always. Doesn't it always attack mice with elephant guns? Every single time. Does it ever show any perspective, any restraint on any level at all? History says no. Unless the people are armed to make it so. That's what history says. That's why California is, is doing some reopening. When a week ago, their governor was like, see you in like 2025. Then he dealt with a few thousand people on the beaches and over at Huntington Beach and Laguna Beach and was like, eh, maybe I can't get away with that. Those of you that are sending me your emails, I'm stuck in Illinois, stuck in Oregon, you're not stuck anywhere. Get out of your house, mass resist. That's where you're at now. Mass resistance. It's worked everywhere else. It's been tried. You're not stuck anywhere. You're not stuck in the People's Republic of Illinois. First of all, move. And if you can't move, move out of your home with others and resist. We're not doing this. They can't arrest everybody. I mean, you live in a country founded by people who did mass resistance. That's what they did. The Tea Party was mass resistance. Lexington and Concord, mass resistance. Bunker Hill, mass resistance. We're not doing that, but thanks. Appreciate your thoughts. Duly noted. Answer though, it's getting, uh, maybe, uh, no, that's the answer. The answer right here is a solid no, we're not doing that, but thank you. That's what you're gonna have to do. You don't have to just sit there and take it from the corrupt mayor in Chicago. You're just taking it. Do something about it then. That's what self-government is about. It's not about, and, and I'm saying this to some of my own viewers and listeners. It's not about just sitting around emailing the Steve Day Show. I can't believe I'm trapped here in the People's Republic of Oregon. You're not, man. You're trapped in your own mind. Get out and say no. The answer is no, we're not doing this. Nope, not happening. Did you see Central Park? 
See that photo of what Central Park looked like on, uh, over the weekend? You know, all those uh, Christian Trump voters in Central Park sunbathing and everything else. Did you see all these, see those photos? I did. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to do. Can't arrest us all. And here's what happens when they try. They find 1,700 dead bodies of our elderly, our most vulnerable, that we did not protect. We're all in this together to save Grandpa and Grandma, except for Grandpa and Grandma, who apparently are dying in droves. Yes. Every country I've seen in the civilized world that has produced this data has shown anywhere from 40 to 57% of the deaths they're seeing right now from this virus are in long-term care facilities, nursing homes of the elderly. My goodness, if, if you couldn't protect that very limited population, how did you think you were going to lock down 331 million people? There's no good answer to that, which is why a lot of us, myself included, believe that the lockdowns were never really about saving lives for most of the people advocating them. They were about taking away your way of life. That's what they were about. Remember when we called this a cultural Pearl Harbor? Because it is. Every solution that is offered up in the public, in the public realm, almost every single one is, some, is, is something leftist nocturnal emission over in the middle of the night. Stay home forever. Work from home. Contact trace everybody so we can track absolutely everyone. Decide which businesses get to open and which ones don't. Don't drive a car. Don't travel anywhere. Whose agenda is that? Progressives. Yep. And notice that every solution, let criminals out of prisons. I mean, we've been fighting furlough programs and stuff like that, which is what the, our, our friend Daniel Horowitz has dubbed the new version, jailbreak. But we've been having those arguments since the 80s, right? Furloughs of criminals. And remember Michael Dukakis furloughing murderers and stuff of that nature. We've been having, these are all of the solutions. Mass bailouts, universal basic, in, basic income, every so, unemployment where you make more money than you would have made working. Every solution being offered is a leftist fever dream, nocturnal emission. Every one of them. Every one. Tell me, tell me, aside from a few individuals, like the one we're going to talk to here in about 10 minutes, tell me who, tell me anyone outside of platforms like this one and just a few others. Tell me anyone who who's offering you that the solution to this is freedom. The great irony here is the socialist country we were told by these exact same leftists we needed to become more like that have now suddenly forgotten this country exists. They've actually been the beacon for freedom in the world for the last month, not this country. Sweden's actually been lighting the way, showing the way. Which is why suddenly... Those same progressives that have argued and virtue signaled and pearl clutched for 20 years, why aren't we more like Sweden, now don't know what a Sweden is. And longtime conservative writers like John Fund, who was doing this, I think before maybe most of us in this, in this studio were alive, are now suddenly like oddly fascinated with a strange new respect. <laughs> Apparently it works the other way now. We've only heard this mm -hmm. one way for all of our lives. With a strange new respect for Sweden. I've got a strange new respect for it myself. All right. Is Sweden on Zillow? Wonder what a house, wonder what, what it costs to live in Sweden. What's, it, what's the relocation there? So my freedom apparently is more free there than it is here. 
because that's ultimately what this is about for most people. It's not, it's not about science. It's not about data. Most of the people making most of the decisions, this has been about power and control, which is why all of their decisions empower them and control us. That's why. Any thoughts on that, gentlemen? Which is why when whatever return to normal you go to, that you're anticipating, all of us are, Steve mentioned it, movies, things like that, your sense of normal, if you truly believe in the greatness that once was America, you can't let your life return to normal again. You just can't. Steve's talking about how you must stand up in the streets. It, that's going to happen. That's going to have to happen on some level with your life. You cannot be a spectator like you have in the past. Yes, I and I really can't make any points better than than both of you just made. So I just want to remind um, one thing. Right Wing Watch, we're a little bit getting our feelings hurt here that um, Steve has not been <laughs> featured yet. It's D-E-A-C-E, uh, M-C-I-N-T-I-R-E, and E-R-Z-E-N. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Public service announcement. Well yep. done, Aaron. We'll come back. Congressman Chip Roy on Let America Open Again. Next. and Josh were both losing their hair, which is no shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in their families. But the way they dealt with that hair loss couldn't have been more different. Kyle kept it off by getting hair loss treatment, losing or, or kept putting off getting that hair loss treatment, losing more hair by the day while Josh went to keeps to learn how to keep his hair. Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products. Thus, they are the real deal. But since they are the generic versions, Josh saved a fortune as well. And all it took was one quick online consultation. He answered a few questions, then he snapped a few pics of his hair, and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA approved hair loss treatment for Josh. It was shipped discreetly to his door, and Keeps did all this for him without him ever having to leave his couch. They can do this for you too. And to get you started, how about half off your first order? That's right. Half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. There's an effort launched this week. You can follow along on Twitter if you'd like at, at let America open is where you can find it on Twitter, at Let America Open. It's an effort launched by a good friend of mine, Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. Good to have you back on the show, Chip. How are you? I'm doing great, although you just led into my appearance with a whole thing about growing hair. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was wondering if uh, if you were going to pick up on that. I wasn't going to say anything, but since you did, hey, it, yeah. it, providential timing there, of course, right? Yeah. Amen. All right, so... What, tell us about this effort and why you decided to launch it. Well, I'm firmly of the belief that uh, the American people, by and large, are resilient people who uh, and are rational, who want to be able to take care of themselves and their families and, and will make good decisions to do so. And unfortunately, we've had uh, hyperbole and panic drive our policymaking in such a way that we're depriving people of their, frankly, fundamental rights to be able to take care of themselves and their families. So 
we wanted to consolidate that, try to grab a lot of the great work you've been doing, uh, Alex Berenson uh, in New York, and uh, a whole bunch of people who've been writing good stuff. Brick Hume's been great lately. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, obviously, our good friend, and others that have been putting out good information about what's really going on from the data uh, standpoint uh, in terms of looking at the consequences and the second order or third order consequences of health effects of denying people cancer screenings and treatments on heart disease and mental health and opioid addiction. Uh, and then, of course, the economic devastation that are destroying lives, 30 million unemployed. That number is going to keep skyrocketing. Uh, the destruction of small business across America. And we can talk about more of that, but the whole point of the website and the whole point of the effort is we should let America open. And, you know, it seems a little subservient to say, let us open. But at the end of the day right now, the, the government and our governors and leaders across the country, particularly state, local leaders who are clamping down on freedom, it's happening in Texas and Houston and Dallas. Uh, they're interfering with our, our ability to take care of ourselves and engage in our livelihoods, and that needs to stop. So uh, we put a website together, letamericaopen.com. Uh, we've got Twitter handles, Facebook, where we're putting out and trying to consolidate all that data and information to help you have better arguments to make when you're trying to push back on those local tyrants who are stopping hairdressers and restaurateurs from being able to do their work. Chip, I want to I, I want to ask you something that I want the audience to hear me ask you, which which probably makes you a little bit nervous. All right, but I. You know, you know me well enough to know that I I will spend as much time trying to study the argument I don't agree with as the one that I do. Is there something I'm missing? Do they have a counter to what I am suggesting that weakens my own argument? Ultimately, if I I can't stand up to the scrutiny of my of, of my detractors, then I probably have a crappy argument, right? And and I will tell you from all of the re the voluminous research I and people I've been working with around the country on this for the last couple of months have done. I, I cannot come up with a, a rational argument for continuing these shutdowns. I can't come up with one. I can I can understand why we I wouldn't have done it myself, but I understand why certain people wanted to do this in March or thought it was wise, given the lack of, of data that we had at that time. But for the last few weeks, especially, I, I can't think of any rationale for this. I mean, New York City now we're, we just found 1,700 more dead elderly locked down in a nursing home, long-term care facility, you know, while they're out there making sure no one sun beach, sun, sun tans at Central Park. Could we have maybe guarded the most vulnerable among us, for example? I look at all the data and I can't come up with a rationale for this. So, so my question to you, as someone who serves in government, who gets, who's getting access to information that maybe I'm not even getting, or certainly the general population isn't, is there an argument out there for this that is even somewhat reasonable that I just don't understand. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it was literally the question I asked to my staff about 30 minutes ago, where I said, we've been going down this path. Are we, are we missing something? Uh, what is it that is this, the solid argument for continuing this approach to lockdown uh, when we're seeing the utter devastation, the 30 million unemployed, the people who are now getting uh, you know, sick because they can't go see their doctor, the um, you know, the, the, the overall negative consequences where we're frankly not focusing on the most vulnerable as much as we could, focusing on the nursing homes and the elderly in ways that we could target them and protect them even better if we weren't shutting out everybody age zero to 65 from going about their daily life and engaging in commerce. We're telling people they can't go to the beaches where frankly vitamin D and sunlight is probably very good for you to resist the virus and or beat the virus out in the sunlight where there's no data indicating at all 
where you can get exposed or transmission of this virus outdoors. Uh, this is the reality of what we're seeing. And, you know, I keep wondering, Steve, from my standpoint, and I'm seeing nothing behind the scenes. I've been on conference calls with Burks and Fauci and with my colleagues in Congress. Uh, we've been having conversations across the aisle, you know, trying to figure out all the data on this. I've seen nothing that leads me to believe that there's some magic plan here that makes sense. My question for all of those who are clamoring for continued lockdown, what is it going to take for you to say we can open? Is it when suddenly the virus is gone? Well, it's a virus, it's not going away. Is it when we get a vaccine? That can take six months, 12 months, two years, five years. Vaccines typically take three to four or five years. What, when is it, what is it going to take? Because if you're, if you're waiting around for the thing to go away, there's no place to hide from a virus. Meanwhile, my logical question is, when you say we can open, if it's ever, the virus is still out there and you're, you're basically denying herd immunity faster. You're denying the ability for us to build our immune systems. And look, I can't believe I'm saying it. Bill Maher is making more sense than the collective <laughs> wisdom I hear of our entire government structure when he acknowledges that our immune system is the key to beating the virus. When he acknowledges that we're surrounded by viruses, bacteria, and we every single day, whether it's on your pillow or your sink or the doorknob or any place you go, you're surrounded by it. And now we've got people saying masks are the new reality. This is a lifestyle question. This is a freedom question. This is a ability to pursue happiness question. That's what's at stake right now. This is about power. This is about telling us how to live our lives, what to do. This is the Green New Deal in action. We're no longer have a hamburger meat available at Wendy's, according to the news this morning. You know, you're not going to be able to have oil and gas companies shutting down in Texas and closing wells. This is absolute uh, uh, perfect nirvana for AOC and her cohorts who've been wanting to see this kind of calamity. So government can be the end all be all solution for mankind and for all Americans. And that's not who we are. And that's not going to sell. Chip, can you have you heard any data or been privy to anything that can explain why I can go to Costco and touch everything in every idle aisle that everyone else has touched? And I'm not in danger there, apparently. That's an essential business. I'm not in danger of getting coronavirus by doing so. But I, I can't go and sit in the corner of my local restaurant everywhere in America and have a meal brought to me. I, I, I can't be socially distanced in a movie theater where I could go get my own popcorn and everything else, but I can go to Menards and Lowe's and touch every tool on the shelf that everyone else has touched. Okay, does that, can you help me make sense of any of that? What, tell me. Well, first of all, as bad as Hollywood's been for the last 20 years, everybody's social distanced when they go to movie theaters, but that's a different issue. <laughs> um, but look, I, this raises two things for me. Number one, when I hear you make that argument, and I've seen some of my friends make that argument, or, or frankly, people that I'm not you know, close with online make that argument, my concern is the reaction is going to be to clamp down on Costco and right, Lowe's and right, Home Depot and everything right. else. Right? That's going to be the response. Instead, it should be the other way. And what's happening is this is the government picking winners and losers. That's what this is all about. This is about them saying, well, you, you can, you, you can exist. You can go about your livelihoods, right? You're essential. And the fact is every business in America is essential to the owner of that business and the employees who work there. Talk to the 30 million unemployed. Every life that is being lost right now, because a woman today is going to find out she's got stage four breast cancer tomorrow 
when she should have found out three weeks ago that she had stage two breast cancer Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. This is the choice that others are making for you. This is the winners and losers problem. And so the gall of these elitist people sitting in their apartments in Washington, D.C., New York, or frankly, let's be honest, Austin, Texas, or Lansing, Michigan, or any other state capital around the nation, those people are sitting there in their apartments getting served by people out and about, getting stuff delivered from Amazon, going out and getting uh, food at the local grocery store that a trucker had to go drive around America to get that food to them. First responders, doctors, uh, cops, everybody who are out on the street who are out engaged in doing this stuff. And they want to sit there and get all their free stuff or, or get their stuff given to them that they're paying for, but getting delivered to them without having to go out and work in the marketplace themselves, without having to show up. And this is what's happening with Congress. Congress is MIA. Nancy Pelosi's not letting us even get to the House of Representatives to, to debate this stuff. When our future hangs in the balance, when we've unloaded $3 trillion with no oversight, it's absolutely unbelievable where we currently stand as a nation in terms of lack of leadership, lack of actual sanity in our decision-making. And you see it play out every day with winners and losers being chosen and picked by government. And it's got to stop. That's why I've started Let America Open. That's why I'm going to keep fighting through this. People say, oh, but you know, there's going to be so many people. You're in a, in a race. It's a tough general election race. And I don't care whether or not this works one way or the other with respect to Uh, voters or whatever. I think the American people are clamoring to get back to work. I think it's going to be electorally positive, but that's not my job. My job is to lead. Our nation hangs in the balance. 30 million unemployed six weeks in. Do people know where we're headed? Do they understand what they're looking at? They don't. They're not staring in the mirror and looking at an America decimated where their kids and their grandkids inherit 30, 40, 50 trillion dollars of debt, high levels of unemployment, depression era kind of situation ability to get food, food supply chains getting decimated, meat packing plants unable to deliver meat, restaurants stopping to serve that meat. We're taking massive steps backward from the greatest economy in the history of mankind because a handful of idiots are making decisions for the American people and it's gotta stop. As you and I say, return power to the American people, let America open, we gotta get moving, moving now. That's very well said. I've got a couple minutes left, brother. Let's make it personal. Yeah. You're a cancer survivor. Can you tell, can you can just, just describe for our audience what that form of healthcare that's being denied a lot of Americans, right? What, what, what kind of loss of life we could be looking at on the back end of this because of what we did to our healthcare system and the law of unintended consequences based on your own experience fighting that? Well, you know, when I was going through that, it was, it was nine years ago this coming July that I was diagnosed. It's coming up on it. And I had a two-year-old daughter and, well, yeah, I'm sorry, a three-month-old daughter and an almost two-year-old son. And, you know, we went through it. And what did that mean? It meant a, a, an enormous number of scans. It, it meant a, a, an immediate reaction to that. I started treatment two weeks after I was diagnosed. I had stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. What if we'd have been in the middle of this nonsense when I was diagnosed? Suddenly stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma seems a lot worse. Suddenly it gets into your bone marrow and suddenly you're fighting a very different fight. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely unacceptable in the United States of America. And I'm watching these media pundits like SE Cup this morning lecturing me, lecturing us about uh, us choosing who gets to live and die because we want to wear masks or, you know, we don't want to wear masks or we don't we want to be able to congregate and go to the beach. You know, shut up respectfully. Because you know what? 
There are people's lives who are being risked and in danger right now because you, holier-than-thou people, are choosing how they should live their lives. The cancer patient who needs to get a scan, the heart patient who needs to get blood work done, right? The person suffering from mental health, the opioid addict, all of the people who are suffering with day-to-day maladies who can't get care because we've laid off half our damned healthcare system. Mayo Clinic's laid off 30,000 people. Also, these social elites can feel good about themselves and virtue signal about wearing masks. Enough, knock this crap off. This is the greatest country in the history of the world because of the people, because of freedom, not because some bureaucrats are telling us how to live our lives so that they can feel good about themselves when they go to their little cocktail circles in DC in a few weeks and laugh about how they knew what was best for all of us. That's not who we are as Americans and it has to end. Great stuff, my good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. Chip, one more time, how can folks follow on Twitter and what's the website? Yeah, letamericaopen.com and we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Let America Open. Look, let's all work together. We've got to do this. Uh, We can do it. I I think a V-bounce is tough every day that goes by. I still have the belief that the freight train is moving enough that we can get it going Mm -hmm. if we just step on the gas now. But we got to step on the gas. Ignore your governors. If you're a doctor, go give those scans. D- demand those police do something about it. They won't. Those chicken craps, they won't do it. Go give the scans. Go help people. Open up your doctor's office. Open up your businesses. Take care of your families. Stop letting these petty tyrants determine you how you're going to live your life. And God bless the woman in Dallas the hair, who's got a hair salon who's basically telling the local officials there to pound sand. Do what's in your best interest for your family. That's who we are as Americans. And if we do that and we let America open, we'll be able to get through this for our kids and grandkids. God bless you, brother. Great stuff. Couldn't have said it better myself. Take care. God bless you. You bet. Your thoughts on that? I'm writing in Chip Roy for President of the United States (laughs) in 2020. Vice President is going to be yesterday's guest, Caleb Hamer. And I'm not kidding. This is the... When do you see... Men like that, the last two days, lead you. When? We never see it anymore. Ever. That's on us. It's a, you know, it's the the Batman thing. I uh, need a better class of criminal and I'm going to, we need the reverse. We need to absolutely do this in reverse. Why do we keep accepting what we accept on a daily basis? At the end, that's what I said. At the end of the day, we cannot go back to normal. We absolutely can't. We are committing suicide. And all you need to know about that is the last two days, you've never, you just don't see men like this anymore lead you on a regular basis. Choose otherwise. We must. Why? I mean, that was, that was an actual elected representative with a pulse, which we haven't seen uh, for, for quite a while and hats off. And it's, it's one thing for those of us on this show to sit here and say some of the things that Chip Roy, but you could hear it in his voice. And if you're if you're watching, you can tell he is just as angry and pissed off as 90 to 95 percent of those listening to this show for the last seven months or seven mm-hmm. weeks have been. That's very good. Hour two is next. And greetings. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and you. 
888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, you can find samples of this show that you can share with others at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And also don't forget, if you listen to the podcast to keep those five-star reviews coming, we've gotten thousands of them from you already. Please, we could use thousands more because they help the show to grow and they please the benevolent overlords here at the blaze and what pleases them usually pleases us so thank you to all of you that have sent one of those in already if you have yet to do so what are you waiting for the apocalypse it's nigh it's here maybe you didn't get the memo on that it's the end all right let's get to fake news or not brought to you by home title lock when life is in chaos your home is your safe haven your most important asset but do you really own it? Don't be so sure. Imagine getting evicted for non-payment of a loan on your home that you never even took out. It happened to Deborah, and it's happening to others. It's called home title theft, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes in the country. It's why I'm urging you to get home title lock because your home's legal title is kept online and thieves know this, so they'll forge your signature on your home's title, and that's it. They legally own your home, and they'll take loans out on it. So your bank doesn't protect you, doesn't cover you, neither does your insurance. The only way I know to avoid this nightmare and possible eviction is with Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Use the promo code Steve for 30 free days of protection to help you get through this crisis to make sure, if you're not, that this won't happen to you. Promo code Steve for 30 free 30 risk-free days of protection. No. It is 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's get to fake news or not. Remember, with limited exception, we spend our time and energy on this show fact-checking those, not dispensing propaganda from the left America, but those that are supposed to be doing journalism for what's left of America, the people and platforms also that are, are claiming to be giving us the truth. Are they? We begin with campaign messaging from 1988. American people need to understand what a Joe Biden presidency would mean to our economy. It would mean an increase in taxes. Just think about it. Joe Biden said that one of the first actions that he would do would be to get rid of President Trump's tax cuts. That is not what we need in America right now. We do not, we cannot afford to go back to the Obama-Biden economic policies of more regulation, increased taxes, as well as pushing these, uh, how can I say, rainbow and unicorn deals like the Green New Deal. All right, just because it's messaging from 1988 doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. We've been having a lot of the same debates over economic policy since 1988. So is that fake news or not? Todd, you get to go first. It's fake news because it it's like coronavirus. I don't think it would, other than tangentially mentioning vaguely like these times or something. But like you're, you're right. It's it's just the reset button of what you forget, 88 92, 96, it's, it's the same boilerplate, which means it's never, ever really talking about real people, real lives. It's just 
acting. It's just high school, as you say, and it's going nowhere. And it's the thing I said, we cannot absolutely return to the past in whatever we do going forward. So it's fake news. So it's fake news. Can I get in on this too? Or are we going yeah. back? And forth? No, okay. by, well, by uh, all means. So this is fake news for two reasons. One, we just printed money uh, to, uh, actually, no, it's about $3 trillion. Three trillion of it, yeah. yeah, $3 trillion. So I think America can uh, afford uh, whatever she's she's talking about there. Um, you know, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, no, we can't, but we're just printing money. So for all intents and purposes, what can't we afford? Now, the same people... Some of the same people who voted for Barack Obama twice, not an insignificant portion of them turned around and voted for President Trump. So from a campaign messaging standpoint, that really doesn't move the needle uh, uh, for a whole lot of people. Basically, what moves the needle is, uh, do I have a job? Can I provide for my kids? Uh, do they have a future? That that type of messaging moves the needle. So it's it's wrong from like a campaign messaging uh, or uh, an argumentation standpoint, because a lot of the people who voted for President Obama twice turned around and voted for President Trump. And when you just printed $3 trillion for a crisis that you told people they had to lose their jobs for, they got a, a $1,200 check for, um, basically any plan is not expensive, is not too expensive. So yeah, that's not going to really move the needle for a whole lot of people. What's also fascinating to me is, I mean, one of the primary female stars in the Republican Party right now is Elise Stefanik. She voted against the Trump yeah. tax cut plan. So, I mean, are we, are we, are we for it or I liked the Trump tax cuts, but she was against them. So, I mean, are we, are we for them? Do we know? Not with the current leadership we have. No. Okay. I, I everything she says there about Biden is true. The problem yeah. with it being effective is a lot of what Aaron you just pointed out. You undermined your own message with, you know, unemployment more than you were making anyway. Some form of UBI payment that we just called a stimulus and supposedly more on the way. Right? I mean, it's just you're undermining your own your own argument if you at, at this point. It's not that what she says is factually inaccurate in my view. I just think politically it's 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 largely ineffective. Well Republicans say true things all the time, not just economic things. I'm pro life. I'm this. I'm for a traditional marriage. They say things all the time. <laughs> all right, let's get to this next one. Donald Trump in his own way plays the race card. Hello, I'm Rob from Columbus, Ohio. The coronavirus is disproportionately affecting communities of color. I wanted to know what your administration will do to address this. So we are working on that very hard, and you're right, 100%, that uh, if you look at African-American, by the way, Asian-American also, and Hispanic-American, they're very much more affected. Uh, people are not 100% sure. It could be because it's a certain segment that does work together, restaurants and different jobs, which are affected a lot. But we're coming out with a report in two weeks on it, and I want to get to the bottom of it, too, because it's a totally disproportional effect. Aaron, you get to go first this time. Is that fake news or not? Uh, who knows? And why? Why? Why we're going down this? Why we're going down this path? I'm not 
really sure. There was a little phrase in there that kind of reeked of, I can't even remember her name on The View, who uh, criticized criticized closing the border by saying, well, who's going to clean my bathroom or who's going to clean my house or something like that? That sounds like something Joy Behar would say. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and President Trump was, I, I don't know, it might be have something to do with certain sectors and certain certain industries and where these populations are concentrated. That kind of reeked of, of that as well. But anytime you start going, it's a virus, guys. A virus... A virus. I thought viruses didn't have nationalities. Yeah, that's what I. They don't have borders. They don't, they don't have. They don't have nationalities. They don't have borders. It's a virus. And when you start going down this road, inevitably you end up with Bill De Blasio's wife being the head of the Coronavirus Racial Inequality Task Force, which is just absurd. So I'm calling fake news on that. What do you think, Todd? I'll go true news from this perspective and. Listen, I'm I'm back in like not voting for Trump because he's just yeah you, you were there it, 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 it yeah was a, it was a long week uh, because he's <laughs> just being you know totally co opted and ridiculous and hysterical. But in that moment, you can see the Donald Trump that regular people get attached to because there was an earnestness right there. That was not like Trump midnight Twitter. Agree, yeah. He was yeah. just like, I genuinely care about this. It is real. I've seen the data and here's one reason it might be happening. I'm not sure. He just, he just talked like a guy, like, I don't know answers. See, Marvin's, Oh, I know. And only I can know. No, he said, yeah, there's some question marks here, but I'm really, really trying people like that. So that part I'll give true news. Can, can I add one more thing? Sure. Um, so meat packing plants, one of the ground zeros of the continued outbreaks. Uh, one are, who, who are one of the uh, predominant predominant uh, employee makeups? Hispanic, Hispanic immigrants. Hispanic yeah. immigrants. Yeah. So if that's what yeah. he's talking about. Yeah. Not to mention this is primarily in densely populated urban centers and who primarily lives in those kinds of places. Those communities exactly. do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, does it have to be any more mysterious no, or anything? No, it does than not. That? Yeah. None okay. of this has to. Except it does. Except it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, uh, next clip, Trump. And there were several of these I could have chosen from. I chose this one. Trump calls out China for the virus. So you could fly out of Wuhan where the primary problem was, all of the problem, essentially, also where the lab is. But you could fly out of Wuhan and you could go to different parts of the world, but you couldn't go to Beijing and you couldn't go to any place in China. So what's that all about? In other words, they knew they had a problem. I think they were embarrassed by the problem, very embarrassed. And, you know, the case could be made. They said, hey, look, this is going to have a huge impact on China. And we might as well let the rest of the world, because the last people they want... We've had a great year against China prior to the virus coming. I told you, 67 or so years, the worst economy they've had. Worst they've almost on record that they've ever had because of my negotiations and because I taxed them on the product that they brought in. And by the way, they paid for that tax. It wasn't our people. They paid for that tax. They devalued their currency. But here's the thing. They allowed this to go into our country. I'm not going to say anything before I, I get you guys' comments. Todd, it's, fake news or not? It's true news, and we posited the very thing he said on this show like a month yep. and a half ago. Uh-huh. Not with not saying with absolute certainty it happened, but connecting dots, can you see this happen? I mean, almost verbatim, that's what we posited on this show as a possibility. Which was we didn't—you looked at the timing of this. Yes. They're in the middle of a trade war with Trump. 
they're facing um, social upheaval uh, in Hong Kong, their chief financial district. And it's really the first substantive threat to Chinese hegemony uh, since Tiananmen Square. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, out of the oh, blue. Pandemic. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, them's the breaks, guys. If you didn't have, if, if, if we, it's a well-known phrase around those parts, Wuhan luck. You know, and a guy just, I mean, just happens some plebe. Just if you didn't rolls. have Wuhan luck, you'd have no luck That's at all. That's right, man. You have Wuhan for luck and Wuhan for brains, right? Some some poor plebe just rolls out of the rice paddy one day with a straw hat and just happens to buy the pig at the, at the, at the wet market bitten by the bat with a virus and we're off, right? I mean... Blow me down. I mean, I can't can even imagine just how terrible and how sudden this was. I, I mean, how many times did we point that out when this was first yeah. breaking? Right. And look how they treat their people on a regular right. basis. Why? This isn't beneath care. them. Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, this is definitely, definitely true news. I mean, you look at you look at what China and it kind of subsided there for a little bit, but it's coming back now. The the number and the vigor of the propaganda that they are continuing to shoot towards Western media outlets, and that is being enforced by Western media outlets. You saw that headline, that tweet from Politico. Just a dastardly, just a dastardly headline and a dastardly story. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... That, that was not written. That was not written by an American or somebody with Western interests. Uh, you look at some of the pieces that The Atlantic has published recently. Yeah. You could go way on down the list. If they were... If they really believed... If they really believed <laughs> that this was... Um, this was just mismanagement by America, they would just let it play out. They, they would probably just let it play out. But they are concerned. I believe they are, meaning China. They are very concerned that this is going, the, the rever, reverb on this is going to be a, what do you call it? A motherless goat? A motherless goat, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I, I, it, depends, it depends on the strength and the determination of, <laughs> of Western nations when this, thing, when this thing starts to subside, what the price for China is going to be, if there is going to be a backlash. So I, if this is maybe one of the if, if this is just the baseline, the, the, the starting point for what China policy is going to be like going forward, I hope I hope we learn the right lessons. But as I've said multiple times, none of the right lessons have been learned. None of the right courses of action have been taken place. And so I'm not exactly optimistic that some of the right decisions are going to be made regarding China. But those comments from president were definitely true news. Didn't sound like he was starting to say they knew they were having a rough year economically. So they were just going to let this spread and punish everybody yep. else. Yeah. Didn't sound like he was starting to say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get into this more with the overtime later today. Tell me why that's not an act of war. I, I can't deal. Yeah. It's chilling to think about it. Considering I mean, it, it, it is, it is, but Tell me why that would not be an act of war. At the very and least. And not just against us, but essentially the, the rest of the industrialized yeah. world, basically. I mean, basically China versus the world. Why, why wouldn't that be considered an, some form of an act of war? I'm, it's not. We'll get into that more later today with the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. 
promo code Steve if you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV. All right, let's switch topics and switch gears. Fox News, at least somebody on Fox News, has praise for MSNBC's Mika. Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. We have to consider that the essence of this is real. Is the essence of what she is saying is real? Why do you think she's doing this? I'm not going to question her motive. I'm not going to get into that at all. I don't know why she's saying this. I don't know why after 27 years, all of a sudden this gets raised. Well, let me let me pick up on that. But let me first say, I think Mika was superb because she was prepared yeah. and she was uh, relentless in following up. What about your Senate papers? I, I wish she had asked about the corroborating witnesses, but you can't get everything in. She herself tweeted that it was a difficult interview because she has known and respected Biden for a long time. All right, fake news or not, praise for Mika from Fox News's ombudsman who used to work over at CNN for many years, Howie Kurtz, by the way. What do you think? Aaron, you could go first. So I think Mika asked questions that wouldn't even, wouldn't even be fathomable uh, at least three weeks ago on most mainstream media outlets. And for that, she deserves credit as well. But when you're interviewing a guy who should be right now sitting at Shady Acres and enjoying the twilight years of his life, I, I'm not going to give you too many, too many kudos for throwing, uh, for, for throwing hardballs at him because, because even, the most, even the most easy softball, uh, it turns into a hardball for Joe Biden. And I, again, I don't want to make, we've been over this, the, the disclaimer multiple times. Guys, Whoever's around Joe Biden, whoever's been around him, whether it's his family, whether it's his handlers, whether it's his 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 advisors, why do they hate him? Why do they allow him to go out there and make a fool of himself? That's what he's doing because he's in a diminished mental state. Why do they allow him to do that? So, yes, Mika deserves some credit for actually asking some questions that needed to be asked, quite frankly, three or four weeks ago and would have been asked and Julie Swetnicked five weeks ago if it weren't if, if it weren't the fact that Joe has a D after his name, if you catch my drift there. Mm-hmm. But so she deserves some credit for that, for finally actually asking some legit questions. But the, I'm not going to give you too many helmet stickers for asking somebody with dementia uh, questions that should have a, a fairly simple answer. All right. No soup for you, basically, Aaron says. What do you think, Todd? It's all fake news. Anytime we're talking about uh, politics and, and gender, whether it's transgender transgenderism or men and women and how they relate to each other and what they did and if they sniffed each other or God only knows what, it's always fake news. Uh, but we have to go here all the time because what do you think when we're electing uh, the most powerful people in the world, whether they're president or Supreme Court justices, we're actually going to ask questions like, uh, what's the law? Where does it come from? How have we been doing along those fronts? Of course, we're not going to talk about that stuff. So we're going to talk about this and we're going to do it again and again and again. And it's always fake news. She was, I will say this. She, she was tougher on him than I thought she was going to be for sure. To what end? That's that, that, and that, and I, and, and we don't know the answer to that yet, but she was tougher on him than I thought she was. This is like be. the Des Moines register back in the day in the first two, the first two times he ran the Des Moines register actually endorsed Steve King. That's just, they're like, okay, we're just going to, now, of course, they hate him. And, but if they were honest from the beginning, that's what they said all along. But they're just like, see, 
No, we're balanced. So you don't you think all the motivation is insincere? Is what you're saying? Yeah, all I of do. It is. Every uh, she you, I, she's her husband is Joe I Scarborough. Just want, I just just wanted to clarify. <laughs> So you think this, these just aren't sincere people in any way, shape, or form? But no, ever. What, what, what's the political term for it? Uh, field actors? What's the what is it? Crisis actors. Crisis actors. Yes. yes. So is that is that yes. what you think is going on here? Yes. Just agate prop from crisis actors. Yes. All right. Is 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 Joe Biden playing a leading or a supporting role here? I don't know. It depends on if he took his pills. The first yeah, thing. Yeah, I think morning, I think it's I... pretty clear it's a supporting role. Yeah. Uh, let's get to one more clip. Chris Wallace, as we go back to Fox News again, one of our favorites in this segment, because he's just a trove of of uh, of options whenever you're doing fake news or not. We could just do like Chris Wallace every week, okay? Chris Wallace is going to attempt journalisming right here. Uh, I want to pick up on that with you, Marie, because during the Brett Kavanaugh case, there were a lot of Democrats, especially a lot of leading Democratic women in Congress and, and just in public life who were saying women must be believed. Women must be taken seriously. And a lot of those same women said that they stood with Joe Biden on these allegations before Biden even denied the allegations on Friday. I mean, isn't that hypocrisy? Is that a fair question? Her answer is irrelevant. I mean, she's a crisis actor all the way, right? She's just, so, so, what do you think? Well, of course it's a fair question. Is Chris it's Wallace, should we give him credit for asking that? Or is, well, or is he also yeah, just following a script? It's like I've always said, the broken squirrel finds the occasional mutt twice a day. Something like that. It's asked and answered, but it's fake news in, in that, like, measured, like, it's all utter BS. It's it's clear nothing matters when it comes. They're coming on the panel. They'll all speak in their hushed tones. It's it's it, furrowed brows. Don't don't forget. They the bring on brows. Marie Harf of the if Islam only I, had jobs programs. I knew I mean, this was going to trigger you. Which nothing is, why I put her in. is real. <laughs> nothing. I know Marie Harf's one of your faves, right? I mean, I, I she she Marie Harf triggers Todd. That's why I put her on. You're triggered by her. But he, why is he saying in that like? He should just point out. He just, don't ask the question. Just point out the obvious. Of course this is preposterous. There are people now on Twitter. I, I don't know who they are, so, but I've seen enough of them. They're just flat out saying, I I actually believe you, but this- oh, I saw a prominent feminist attorney yeah, tweet a couple of days ago to, directly to Terry. Yes, Reed. that's the one I, I'm talking yeah, about. I, I believe you. Yes. I, I think you're credible with the women that have come forth to say you told them at the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, consistent with women who have been through this. And, but um, I, I got to beat Donald Trump. So exactly. Just flat out owned it. And that's and how you kind of respect that in a way. That's a how bit? progressives are about everything. No, I no, mean, see, I, they're not typically that way. They're not typically that honest about it. Oh, well, no, they're not typically, but that's at least how not they, to us, that, at least not to us. Maybe amongst themselves they are, but not but to that's us. How, that's how they think. That's what they really well, care of, about. Yes. That's how they operate. Of course. I, I think there's a great, there's a great conservative media skit waiting out there to be done. Now, the problem is most people won't do it because, um, they want to be on these shows, right? And doing this kind of work is intended to, in their minds, get them on these kinds of shows. You know what I'm saying? Rather than this kind of work as a standalone. But, and I suppose you could do it with, you know, CNN or MSNBC, but it wouldn't have nearly the same bite. And that is to do a Fox News panel where somebody's the host 
and you just literally, and, and, and the topic comes up, it's just total, uh, one about is porn. All right. Marie Harf, you're here, uh, in order to deny this has absolute that there's, that there's anything else going on here other than Joe Biden is a Democrat. And, um, uh, and Brett Kavanaugh was Republican, so you're up. Go. I mean, it just literally set people up for we know, for the scripted answers, we know they're going to give. Guy Benson, you're here uh, to provide the moderate uh, establishmentarian Republican perspective um, where you're going to attempt to sound conservative without being so whatsoever, uh, but uh, you will also uh, attempt to sound serious by pointing out what each side's, how each side's talking points are fallacious, and then you won't actually take a position yourself. Go. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just literally just run with that because that's what most of this is. It's pro wrestling. It's, it's just everybody here is playing a role and they've all agreed in order for the, for the publicity, you know, don't hate the game or don't hate the player, hate the game, right? They've all agreed in order to get into the game that that's the role they're going to play. So we're right back where we started with whoever that Mercedes talking about the the economy and just, well, it's Republicans and Democrats and high taxes and big. Well, and see, that's the point is you're arguing that at the same time, the guy that you want to have reelected, and I'd like to see him get reelected. But I'm also not going to make a point that's going to that's going to uh, contradict my own point, right? So I, I'm not. You can't go on the air. Well, I mean, I, I suppose you can on Fox and say that talking point to an audience that's average age is 68 and remembers 1988 like it was 10 minutes ago, right? And they're they've been responding to that messaging for decades. But the reality of it is, the argument has no credibility because. You're already doing trillions of dollars in buyouts. The president want, has, has, has been wanting for five years a trillion dollar yeah, infrastructure program. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, a, a, his own infrastructure new deal, basically. I mean, right now, when it comes to fiscal policy, the only difference between Democrats and Republicans is which, which new deal do you want? Do you want a green new deal? Do you want an a, a infrastructure new deal? Um, do you want a UBI or do you want a stimulus? Uh, that those are really the fiscal arguments the two parties are having. Tell, is that wrong? Well, it's it's not wrong, but I mean honestly, that that sounds like a pedestrian conversation. People uh, people want to go on play moms want to go on playgrounds right now without getting arrested. People want to go to their tattoo parlor in the you know wherever it is in the where the coronavirus hasn't come close to uh, pulling a New York without you know having uh, guns drawn at them and getting hauled out. In that's our economic conversation right now, literally. And that's so we're back where we started and just talking in this ridiculous boilerplate blue versus red is insane. It's cowardly. And again, it speaks to the kind of people we let lead us around by the nose all the time. They're not prepared. They weren't prepared for it then. They're sure as hell not prepared for what's coming ahead now. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of... uh of kind of the the Senator Stern class from from the MCU, you know, you just you're kind of doing you're doing these hearings kind of for show uh, to try to yeah. just you know. Uh, meanwhile, Thanos is coming. You know, that's that's ba- re- a different way of saying it. Rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. That's 
that's kind of what I'm hearing you and Todd hash out right now. There's nothing going on here. I mean, it is, I've brought up this example as well. When you, when you look and you juxtapose what happens on mainstream conservative outlets, mainstream conservative outlets on a day-to-day basis. We just saw a few examples there. It, it is, and you juxtapose that with the reality of progressivism and what the new liberalism, the new leftism, the new statism wants to do to your way of life who who listen to shows like this. When you juxtapose what happens in mainstream conservative media with that reality of leftism, it is like the Tea Party in Alice in Wonderland. It is completely surreal when you watch yep. that it's and a great you juxtapose analogy. it yep. with, with the reality reality of leftism that's my point I, everything is charlie brown's teacher yeah. blah, 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 blah. That's, yes. and it's also why i don't watch him long form but when i see his clips trending i always watch it's what i enjoy about tucker carlson's show sure whether you agree with all of his takes or not there's an earnest attempt yes. there to move the conversation to something that freaking matters yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yes something substantive you know there's some and i guess that's another way of saying there's some sincerity in that program you know and that's why I always tell you, uh, cable news is where the truth goes, with very limited exception. Cable news is where the truth goes to die in America. Now, while we're on this subject of truth, there's a new documentary that just debuted on Amazon Prime that ties in perfectly with the Pentagon's admission that UFOs are real last week. It's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. The three of us have all watched it. We're going to discuss and compare notes when we come back for Pop Culture Tuesday here in a moment. Stay tuned. Here's something you not know about your dog's food. That dry kibble stuff, well, there's nothing alive in it. Food like that has to have a long shelf life, so the manufacturers essentially sterilize it. And the result is that your dog isn't getting all the nutrients it needs to live a happy, healthy life. Well, Dr. Dennis Black has developed Rough Greens, a premium dog food supplement that isn't a dog food. It's a powder that you sprinkle on your dog's food, and apparently it tastes great because our dog, Cap, absolutely loves it. And it contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, even omega oils and antioxidants for your dog to promote healthy skin and coat, improve digestion, and give your dog youthful energy and improve their mobility and joint health too. Best of all, Like I told you, your dog's going to love it because Cap woofs this stuff down. He thinks it's great. So you can take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge today with your pet for just $14.95 and see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. If you want to see your dog thrive like that, go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F is how you spell Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, not that I haven't enjoyed this whole show so far today, but this part, I am, I'm dang curious to see how this thing's going to go. All right. So last week, the Pentagon admitted officially for the first time in American history that UFOs are real. All right. And we did an overtime where we kind of discussed what could be the ramifications of that on a cultural, religious, philosophical level. You can go watch that at uh, blazetv.com slash dace, okay? So that night I went home and I'm and everybody went to bed and I'm looking for something to watch. 
And um, I see in my Amazon Prime recommendations, probably because of all the sci-fi movies I watch, to watch this thing called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. I'm just curious. I click on it. I don't know if it's a movie documentary. And it's a documentary, and I see it's narrated by Jeremy Piven, who first rose to fame in the very underrated 90s comedy PCU. Remember that? Uh, I never saw it, but I know that it oh, exists. You, oh, you have got to see PCU. It is so it is so right on the money hmm. about what we're going through right now. And it's also correct that if you were alive in the early to mid-1990s, one out of every five movies starred that you could watch on cable included Michael Caine or William H. Macy. I think those are the two actors they mentioned. That part's true, too. All right, but it's, it's all about the dawn of political correctness on a college campus. It tries to be Animal House. It's not up to snuff, but it's got some good sort of uh, Mike Judgian, you know, libertarian social comment commentary mm-hmm. attached to it, you would like it. And I think you'd love it too, Aaron. All right. That was kind of one of his first big things. The show Entourage, I, I'm just too old for that. So, but uh, that was a major show and kind of became a thing on HBO that he anchored. He's been in lots of different things. So he was in old school. He was in old school, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure if I ever saw that one or not. Oh, is that the one where he goes streaking? I'm yeah. aware of that. Yes. I don't remember like anything about yes. it, but I remember that part. Okay. So, He's narrating this, and I'm trying to describe what this is about. Well, let's do this. Let's agree to describe what they tell you, or they 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 you think it's about when you read the description. All right, and it's about this guy. Is his name Stephen Glazer? I believe is his name, right? Stephen Greer. Greer. Thank you, yeah. Stephen Greer. And he's been a UFO advocate. He's a physician. He gave up his medical practice to promote uh, his belief in UFOs. He's done this for many, many years now. And going back to the 90s, I, I used to hear his name when I used to watch stuff about this. And him and people around him crowdsourced or crowdfunded this movie, I believe, to make it happen. And you think that this movie is the truth is out there. I th- you're led to believe that's what it is in its description. If you watch any a preview of it, they they it's they try to present it as one thing. That it's time for you to know the truth that we're not alone in the universe. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. a version okay. of that. It's something something you've a vibe you've heard before. So right. mm-hmm. yeah. Is that what the movie's about? No. Because I don't mm. think that's what it's about. No. You didn't think you, so it sounds like maybe you got the same vibe from it that I did actually watching it. I knew where it was going to go like five minutes in. Did you? Yeah. Because I didn't see it coming. All right. I didn't see it coming. What about you? Do you know where we're going to go? You can probably guess where him and I are both going to go on this. I'm not sure I can, but I saw it, you know, once I didn't know what the fifth, all the kinds meant. Once I saw them, I mean, they right away, they tell you what the fifth kind is and it's these people meditating on pillars. And then I knew instantly where we were going. So, okay. So, this is not a film about science. This is a religious documentary. Yep. Now, you don't get that notion from the beginning of it or... It's about an hour and ten minutes yep. in. And, and they do... Looking back on it, you're right. There was an early foreshadowing of that. But I was not really dialed in until they made the pivot that you're talking about. And then I thought, okay... I mean, there's even a reference to a trinity. Did you hear that? 
Yeah, there, there's a reference sound and yes, whatever. There's even a reference to a trinity in the film. Um, I mean, this is this is evangelism, is what it is. Somebody talking about. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead in the conversation. No, by all means, take it away. Well, there's some. I mean, they there was. Oh, by the way, spoiler Steven, alerts. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, Stephen Greer. You can't get ahead, anyways. We're transcending space and time. Yeah, in this thank show, you. you know, yes. I was already there ahead. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. No, Stephen Greer, the main the main guy in the in the film, talks about how an alien told him. Uh, look at what an amazing universe God has created, or what a beautiful universe God has created. Mm-hmm. Another guy who, uh, essentially what this this film is advocating, or what this film is championing, is a form of uh, a Ouija board-less seance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is, a psychic seance, essentially. Uh, one guy claims that he was visited by an alien and had his hearing difficulties. Yep, there was a healing. Healing, yep. he- or healed. Um, multiple references to, I just felt this deep spiritual peace within me, all this all this type of junk. And it was about uh, within the first five minutes where they first mentioned uh, becoming connecting to yep. the to the universal consciousness and yep. I'm like that's where this is going yeah but I, I I didn't think it would go as deep as it did but there's a pivot point about an, the second hour of this documentary there is it this is an attempt to to evangelize you. And for you to see these beings as you're somewhere between a mosaic deliverer to a to a to a, 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 a Christological messianic figure or figures, and Aaron's right. There's a there's a healing that takes place. There's a re, there's a direct reference to a tri, to a Trinity is mentioned. Um, did I say trilogy earlier? I'm sorry. Yesterday was made the start was uh, was made the fourth. Well, I think you said trinity. Did I say trinity? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I said trilogy instead. But I mean, it is. I I kind of found it satanic. I got to be honest with you. That's that's kind of what I thought that it was. Yeah, I honestly didn't. I, now this is weird. The, not in the way you thought. Okay. Now this is what's weird, because you're adamant that that you know. Life outside of this pale blue dot is an absolute challenge to a biblical worldview. And I'm not. Okay. And so that's why I'm yeah. fascinated that I'm the one that's just like, you know, sign of the cross, sign of the cross. <laughs> right? yeah. And you're like, I'm strangely fascinated well, by this. Okay. That's not the, that's not what I thought I was going to get from you. I thought you're going to look at this. This was going to be like Marie Harf was now doing UFO documentaries. So you're going to be triggered. There was less new territory in this to me than in the movie we did a couple weeks ago about Pizzagate and all that stuff yeah. here. Listen, the, the consciousness thing out of shadow is what that was called, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The consciousness thing in here, that's basically Maharishi university in Fairfield, Iowa. Agreed. It's the, but instead of like a universal consciousness, you know, um, this is tapping directly in to specific other cultures and life forms. Yes. Yeah, that, so, that's different. But I, I agree, but there were, no, there were no new variables. It would just put it together in a way that I... Uh, the other one, I was like, Pizzagate, I really... I, that was like, I 
we agreed on that. We were like peripherally aware about what that all was. Mm-hmm. Here, I have heard a version of this. And, See, and I've pop- never heard this before. And I and I know I used to be into this a lot in the seventies and eighties when I was a kid. But the we always the, I used to always read the books, and they were always about what do these aliens want with us? Okay, can they cure? Should we listen to them? Should we fear them? All right, this is you know we're talking a lot about our media. There's the Babylon Bee had a headline yesterday. Uh, China dissolves its propaganda (laughs) ministry because the American media is doing all their dirty work for them, right? I mean, what I found fascinating is is they're literally saying that the, I mean, this says the reason the Pentagon, now the Pentagon hadn't, hadn't verified UFOs. This movie came out April 6th. So we were a couple of weeks away from the Pentagon making its verification. But this movie says they think the Pentagon will eventually verify that these things are real, but it will do so in order to scare you into thinking they're a national security threat when really they're here to save us. That's what gives this a little bit more. And I want to hear Todd, what Todd thinks a little bit more, but that was what gave this... Whether it's, uh, you know, from uh, point one to point two or one to two or 10 to 20, that's what gave this a little bit more magnitude in my mind. Mm-hmm. Because if what they are saying about all of these, uh, all of these attempts by the U.S. government and over the last three weeks or three years and last week was one instance, it's becoming increasingly, increasingly <laughs> clear that the government is like, yeah, you know, UFOs, they kind of exist. Once they start to allow that into the zeitgeist and control that narrative, what's stopping them from doing COVID-19 with an alien va- invasion, <laughs> that type of thing, you know? That's why this conversation has a little bit more magnitude. Now, how much, I don't know, but a little bit more magnitude than just being a- another rehashing of the old paganism, essentially. See, th- there's... It, it, as a Christian, it should make you have some yo moments about, you know, they're doing their version of prayer mm-hmm. and what it can accomplish. And you should be asking yourself the same thing, like how how focused, how intentional you are. Now, you're not focused in an intentional through the same mode, but what can prayer accomplish? It can. We believe prayer can, can accomplish uh, miracles, but we have a different level of abandon that we have to enter to as Christians that they do. But you should be talking about that. We also, the science has proven that nurture affects nature. How we are raised over time, how children, what they are exposed to can right. affect them. Learned model behavior. Can, yeah. oh, it can affect you biochemically. It can mm-hmm. turn switches on and off. So there's there's enough there. But then the, the assumptions that they make about the, the deeper they get about one cosmic mind that you're entering into well they keep doing this you know they want you they make movies to make you think that all the aliens are evil uh uh but they're really good what why aren't you asking yourself if we're tapping into this conscience well we've got all of this evil here and they they, what they're doing is a form of gnosticism quite frankly which is the oldest at the end they said we are the we're the minority knowledge secret special knowledge which is what drives a lot of conspiracy then why let's take you at that you are actually communing with these spirit dudes from uh, Alpha Centauri or wherever they're from why aren't they just like you and in the Mm -hmm. minority but everybody else on that planet is like locked and loaded and killing each other you know there's there's so many you like you can there's you can actually let's engage. take that further yeah. can we not then is it not fair to 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 argue or to critique them as in why haven't they stepped in to help us then why are they why are they the god 
that wasn't there? Yes. Why are they so passive? Why haven't they shown us the cure for cancer? Why, have, these, why haven't they shown us that we can evolve beyond uh, nuclear weapons well, and weapons these, of mass destruction? Yeah. Why do they just? Why are they kids with anthills that just allow us to do things at our own destruction when they have the power to save us and yet don't act? Is that not fair to say then? Well, he actually says at the end, and that's where he's doing all this. Like, well, if you, he's like John Candy and volunteers. Well, you know, if you were playing poker in America and you had a pair and i had a three of a kind you'd win but here in thailand it works totally opposite he's talking about like these the spaceships you can only see partially because of our intention is only so capable of going so far and you know if if constellation was in you know in venus or I mean, he's got I, so I was many... waiting for the aliens to tell him, you yeah. know what, if we follow their models, they'll show yeah, us in two yes. more weeks. Yeah. I was yes. waiting for that. It's yep. that. Yeah. It was that. There's so many permutations that you just, if we, we need to get clear, we need to get more intentional. And it, it just ends up being ad infinitum. Yeah. So these, these ETs are set up to essentially be gods, to be these benevolent gods. The case is actually made very, very simply that these, these, these beings have been visiting our or Earth on, on little, I don't know, joy rides for decades decades upon decades now and if their intention was to destroy us then they wouldn't have therefore they must be benevolent and so that begs the question well then why haven't they if they're so far ahead of us why haven't they shown us the cure to all of these all of these diseases so far and that i was thinking that would be an interesting premise for how a malevolent spirit a malevolent spirit could could present itself an angel of light if you will presents itself as some sort of benevolent being i like that yeah do you think that would be an interesting premise? I think sometimes? I think that could but make for out, a good story. Yeah, it turns out to be some sort of well, not what you think. It How is. about this for a catchy title? Tale as old as time. What do you think? Of that? You think that? There you go. Yeah. Almost timeless. There's a certain timelessness to that story. You were mm-hmm. going to add something. Go ahead. Well, it, it's undeniable. And there was a movie that uh, with um, the guy who played Aragorn. Uh, like oh, several yeah. years yeah, ago, I can't and remember his name. This, but yeah. And he played this guy living in the you know the woods, raising this his family in very austere but like very dedicated ways. And th- it, it, this reminds me of that because if you're your average everyday Christian, you, you you can't hold your faith can't hold the candle to the level of faith. No, their commitment that he just, is oh, real. Their level of commitment yeah. yep. is real. What what is yours like? And how much have you handicapped your own faith in terms of how you keep it on the shelf, how you marginalize it, how you pass it? Well, that was back then, but now that you should be asking yourself some serious questions after you've watched this up, along those lines. So, so do we recommend watching this or not? Meh. I mean, if you're locked down, might as well. If not, go about your life. Yeah, I mean, it's long. It's longer than I thought. It was longer than I thought it was going to be too. And yeah, yeah and you know, you probably and you had to pony up a couple bucks for it too. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Probably not. Probably not. Not unless you're going to treat it as a critical thinking. Yeah. Be, prepared. Yes. be prepared. Be yeah. prepared. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.